Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. This episode of Markets Daily is sponsored by CME Group. It's Thursday, October 26, 2023, and this is Markets Daily from Coindesk. My name is Noelle Acheson, Coindesk collaborator and author of the Crypto's Macro Now newsletter on Substack. On today's show, we're talking about a crypto market twist, US GDP, on-chain data, and more. So you don't miss an episode, be sure to follow the podcast on your platform of choice. And just a reminder, Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. Now, a markets roundup. Today, we saw something unusual in crypto markets, at least going by recent moves. Bitcoin is underperforming compared to most other tokens today. According to Coindesk Indices, at 8 a.m. Eastern Time this morning, Bitcoin was trading down six-tenths of a percent over the past 24 hours at $34,100. Ether, on the other hand, was up 1.3%, trading at $1,805. Elsewhere, Dogecoin was up 11%, Shiba Inu up almost 8%, Arbitrum 7%, AVAX 6%. When you have meme coins such as Dogecoin and Shiba leading the performance tables, this starts to feel speculative. Have we entered a new market phase so soon? It's unlikely. There does seem to be a spurt of more speculative activity today, but that doesn't mean we're entering into a new phase of the cycle. A couple of weeks of this would send a stronger message, so this is worth keeping an eye on. But for now, it feels more interesting than indicative. In macro indicators, A couple of days ago, I spoke about the likely outcome for the third quarter US GDP growth. You may remember that I highlighted that the consensus forecast was for double that of the second quarter. Well, it came in even higher than that. The average forecast for US Q3 GDP growth was 4.2% versus 2.1% in Q2. The actual figure came in at 4.9%, the strongest growth since 2021 when the US was emerging from the pandemic lockdowns. This growth was largely driven by personal spending, which jumped 4%, also the most since 2021. Apparently it was a blowout summer, and if any of you had the good fortune to be able to get tickets to a Taylor Swift or Beyonce concert, you'll know what I mean. The data is astonishingly strong. But it's unlikely that it will have a material impact on the Fed's interest rate decision next week, especially since the core personal consumption expenditure index came in under expectations at 2.4%. 
This is an inflation gauge closely followed by the Fed, and it is not far from the official 2% target. That does not mean that we'll get rate cuts anytime soon, though. Tomorrow, we get the September personal consumption expenditure data, known as the PCE, which could show a somewhat different picture. The year-on-year core PCE index growth is forecast to come down slightly to 3.7% from 3.9%. That's still almost double the target. If you think the signals are conflicting, you're right, they are. So it's likely that the Fed will continue to want to wait and see what happens over the next couple of months before making another rates move. In US stocks, yesterday was bleak. The Nasdaq dropped 2.4%, its worst day this year, as investors decided that they didn't like Alphabet's third quarter results even though revenue beat forecasts. Rising US Treasury yields haven't helped. The yield on the US 10-year government bond has climbed almost back up to 5%, after dropping down to 4.8% just a couple of days ago. The S&P 500 dropped 1.4% yesterday, while the Dow Jones lost three-tenths of a percent. Futures are pointing to further falls today. In Europe, stocks were mixed yesterday, with the UK's FTSE 100 up three-tenths of a percent, and the German DAX and the broader Eurostock 600 more or less flat on the day. So far today, things are looking much less rosy, with sharp drops across the board despite the European Central Bank holding interest rates unchanged this morning. There was also a lot of red in Asia today. Japan's Nikkei index dropped 2.1%, while the Hang Seng fell a relatively muted quarter of a percent, helped by hopes that China's recent stimulus measures could boost economic activity. These same hopes gave the Shanghai Composite a positive performance today, with the index closing up almost half a percent. In commodities, the oil price feels a bit jumpy. News that Israel is working on plans for a ground invasion despite the US request to delay triggered a spike of more than 2% yesterday in the Brent crude benchmark. So far this morning, it is settling back, as figures came out showing seasonal energy demand is weaker than expected in the US, while crude oil inventories are climbing. Earlier today, Brent was at $88 per barrel, down almost 3% on the open. Gold, on the other hand, is still climbing, up three-tenths on the day, trading at $1,984 per ounce. Stay with us. After the break, we're going to talk about a different way of looking at Bitcoin narratives. CME Group cryptocurrency futures and options provide market-leading liquidity for Bitcoin and Ether trading. These cash-settled contracts give full exposure to crypto performance without the hassle of holding the physical position. No digital wallet? No problem. Trade nearly 24-7 in a transparent CFTC-regulated market. Visit cmegroup.com crypto to learn more. This communication is not directed to investors of any specific jurisdiction or to recipients based in jurisdictions in which distribution is not permitted. It cannot be considered investment advice or results of market experience. Past results are not indicative of future performance. Trading derivatives products involves the risk of loss. Please consider it carefully. Full disclaimer included in show notes. Welcome back. In this section, I want to talk about on-chain data and what it can say about market trends. It's a big topic, so I'll focus on one aspect I've been looking at recently, which has to do with investor behavior. As you know, one of the unique features of crypto assets is the ability to track their movements going back to the time they were issued. Movements and balances on blockchains are referred to as on-chain data, 
and they can tell us how much of a token was bought, when, at what price, which address it is held in, what happens to it afterwards. Through this, we can figure out average purchase prices for cohorts or for the whole market, average holding times, whether addresses belong to traders or savers or institutions or exchanges, without needing to know identities. The amount of information available is astonishing. It also has limitations, however. First of all, not all tokens can deliver the same type of information. This very much depends on the construction of the relevant blockchain. Bitcoin offers one of the most complete sets of token movement data. Also, the information can be difficult to interpret and can be misleading. For instance, if I want to upgrade the security of my Bitcoin holdings, I will split my holding between various addresses. On-chain analysis will record this as a sale of Bitcoin, even though I'm not selling, I'm just moving. Nevertheless, this affects the market-wide calculation for average purchase price and could erroneously flag that a long-term holder is selling when they're not. This is especially relevant after last year's drama, which prompted many holders to rethink their custody arrangements, triggering a lot of on-chain movements that were easy to misinterpret. That said, one set of on-chain metrics I like to follow shows how long issued Bitcoin has been held for. Because we can track movements of Bitcoins from the moment they are issued, we can also track how many haven't moved in a given amount of time. Good sources for this information are Glassnode, Look on Bitcoin, and Coinmetrics. We'll put links in the show notes. For instance, the data tells me that almost 70% of Bitcoin in circulation hasn't moved in over a year. In theory, that suggests that only 30% of Bitcoin is available for new entrants. That's not a lot. And when you are talking about an asset with a provably hard limit on its supply, this could imply a scarcity premium in the price. Of course, many who bought between one and two years ago could be holding at a loss and will sell as soon as their position comes back into profit, so it's possible that the percentage could drop as that Bitcoin moves. Looking at Bitcoin that hasn't moved in over three years is perhaps more telling, as anyone who bought Bitcoin over three years ago could have sold at any time this year at a profit, but they didn't. The amount of Bitcoin that hasn't moved in over three years is now up to 40%, a record high. A lot of this is probably lost Bitcoin, but even so, the fact that the percentage continues to climb signals long-term holding behavior. Again, when faced with a hard cap on supply, a pickup in long-term investment could be yet another driving force for Bitcoin narratives as the new cycle gets going. That's it for today's show. For more crypto podcasts, check out the Coindesk Podcast Network. You can reach us at podcasts at coindesk.com, follow us, and if you like the show, please leave us a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Markets Daily is produced and edited by Eleanor Paul, with executive production by Jared Schwartz. I'm Noel Atchison for Coindesk. We're back tomorrow with more market news and insights. <laughs>